Welcome to the Strategy Session Podcast, where ASI's editors provide tips and tactics to help promotional product professionals improve their businesses. In every episode, we go one-on-one with a business strategy expert to gather winning insights. The conversations are sure to be insightful and entertaining. Today, we welcome in Marcus Limonis to the podcast. Marcus is chairman and CEO of Camping World and star of The Profit, the hit CNBC reality series about saving small businesses. So he has seen his fair share of successes and, well, of course, failures in business today. Marcus will also be the keynote speaker at the ASI show in Orlando in a couple of weeks. And he is here now to share his secrets of success. Marcus, welcome. Hey, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Great. Well, thanks for giving us a few minutes. Let's just get right into it. Uh, can you tell us about the worst-run company that you've encountered on your show? Why, why do you think it was so terrible? You know, I don't really ever think about businesses in terms of what's the worst run based on uh, their, their profit and loss statement. It's really sort of their attention to detail as it relates to, to people. You know, people ask me all the time, what do I really think makes for a great business? And it's a company that has a very relevant product, something that people obviously want to buy. It has a process that sort of us as consumers can understand and appreciate. And it has people that feel valued and and that, you know, we're focusing on them. And so when I go into a company, and I I can think of a few of them, but when I go into a company that sort of has no attention to people, like Coda Longboards, uh, in Denver, Colorado, mm-hmm. it sort of doesn't matter at that point how great the product is or how perfect the process is, because ultimately, if the people side of it breaks, it, it really doesn't matter. Right. Sure. Now, many of the small business owners that you work with on the profit have family members involved in that, in the business, and that is uh, very similar to the promotional products market. There's a lot of family businesses in this industry as well. What do you think what do you think are the unique challenges that are faced by family businesses? You know, there's this misnomer that having family and business is a bad thing and I, I don't agree with that. But what I what I do feel strongly about is if you're gonna have family and business, you have to hold them to the same standards that you would hold somebody else. Sometimes even harder standards. So your son or daughter showing up late or your wife sort of lipping off to people or your husband sort of not calling customers back or your cousin, you know, sort of not doing their job is a recipe for disaster whether they're your family or not. And so I think you have to sort of, if family's going to be in the business, the lines of authority have to be clear, and your willingness to enforce them has to be clear. Now, it's easier said than done because, you know, when we go to Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner, we have to look at Susie that we just fired for you know, not stocking the shelves properly. Right. And I think that it's that, uh, like, willingness to discipline and to stick to those roles that often becomes the problem. It seems like people really struggle with that. They do. They they actually just struggle with that, the outside-the-office consequences. And so if you uh, are, are married to a woman who came into the marriage with a child and that child works there, tough to discipline because when you go home, you're going to have to explain it again at home. And so uh, I think that's always tough. Absolutely. Uh, so what do you think is the biggest mistake that small business owners make? Uh, you know, we see a lot of companies here that in this industry that uh, can go astray for many reasons. And you obviously see uh, some similar yeah. uh, companies that have similar problems. What do you think it is that, that they do wrong? I think the first thing is, is they really don't go into business with a plan. And, and a plan doesn't mean just writing down words on a piece of paper. It's a legitimate plan that sort of presupposes 
um, it presupposes sort of, you know, how much working capital you're going to need, uh, what sort of process you're going to have, who you're going to hire, how many people you're going to have. And in one of the secret killers of a business is if business takes off and you don't have working capital, who's financing those receivables? Who's buying the extra inventory? How is all of that happening? And it sort of leads you to a dark place a lot quicker than, than you would expect. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, what do you think is one thing that all small businesses, all small business owners, could do today to actually improve their business operations? Uh, I would say that they could get deeper into the trenches. I think some of them would probably roll their eyes when they hear me say that, but. Do, do business owners truly understand what's happening on the front lines, all the way down to the warehouse when they're packing that box for that, for that company they just uh, sold something to? Do they understand the steps in sourcing the product, in printing the product, in making the product, in selling the product, in collecting the money for the product? And I worry that sometimes business owners sort of get too big for their britches. No matter right. how big or how small your business is, you have to sort of know what's happening in the weeds. Right. Absolutely. Well, along those lines, um, why do you think it's so important for entrepreneurs to uh, really know their financials? Uh, and do you find that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs struggle, struggle with that? You know, I think there's a financial literacy problem that we, we have here in the United States. And it's not a function of uh, people sort of not wanting to know it, but they were never sort of given a formal education that gave them the ability to learn it. And there's no sort of uh, a platform that allows people to sort of access it. I've always joked with people that if I, when I grow up, I want to run the SBA. And the one thing that I want to change about the SBA is to require that in order for you to borrow money from the SBA, you have to sort of pass a financial literacy test to be able to know the difference between a debit and a credit and what a profit and loss statement looks like and what a balance sheet looks like and how to understand cash flow. We, we shouldn't sort of indict people for not knowing this. We should sort of provide them a mechanism to learn it. Uh, you know, going back to the idea of family businesses, and you talked about some of the problems that, that they face in, in the ways of, uh, you know, really cracking down, essentially, from management's perspective. How do you think those issues differ from the is issues that might be facing uh, larger or not family-run companies? I think the issues are the same, to be honest with you. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think the issues that we see in business today are necessarily related to small or medium business people not understanding the importance of people not having a relevant product. You know, if somebody pitches you on an 8-track cassette player company, you're probably not going not gonna to do the deal no matter how much you love them. Um, I think too often you have small businesses sort of forgetting that they need to be competitive like a big business, and you have big businesses forgetting how they got there and sort of building a hierarchy and a cost structure that sort of can't be supported in a downturn. Right. Well, let me ask you, uh, on the other side, what do you think is, um, is a trait or the kind of defining traits of the most successful entrepreneurial businesses today? Understanding data and understanding the parts and the pieces that sort of make up their business. And so a good example of understanding data is sort of number, knowing how the sort of transactions affect your business. So how do you sort of reconcile the actual business transactions? How do you know where the customer data is? I think any business that doesn't understand where their business is coming from and how it's made up of and what day it happened and what people bought and what's not selling and who's buying and how to communicate to them, they're in trouble. So I strongly advocate that people sort of understand their data.
Very good. All right. Before I let you go, one uh, one last question that I think is uh, is an interesting one, especially for somebody from your perspective that sees a lot of struggling companies. Um, do you think every struggling struggling business really has the potential to be turned around, or are there some that are you know just too deep into it and they're lost causes? I actually don't believe that every business can be turned around um, because I sometimes don't believe that every individual can be turned around. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one, you have to have a product that makes sense. But at the core of all of it, the success or failure of a business is usually uh, clearly an indicator of the leader itself. And so when the leader doesn't have their act together, it, it kind of doesn't matter. Um, and I've seen plenty of great businesses go down in flames because the leader's terrible, and I've seen plenty of struggling businesses sort of you know, rise from the ashes because their leader sort of gets their act together. Sure. And what, um, what you, do want you, to, you, you want to see a business fail, you, you sort of have a, a terrible leader. And what do you think defines that um, having their act together? Uh, number one is the willingness to be humble and sort of understand what you don't know. I think, too, is the, the recognition that hiring better people around you is ultimately going to determine your success. Uh, and number three, and probably most importantly, is understanding that saying, I don't know, is okay. Perfect. And then going out and finding the answer. Gotcha. Yeah, but, but do find the answer, right? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and follow up. <laughs> Great. Well, Marcus, thanks very much for joining us today, and we look forward to uh, seeing you at the ASI show in Orlando in a couple of weeks. I'm excited. Thank you very much. Great. Bye-bye. Thanks again. This has been the latest episode of ASI's Strategy Session Podcast. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to asicentral.com slash podcast.